Hello and welcome to the Chemscope podcast from Enroll. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Chemscope is a recruitment training business um, co-founded by myself, Ed Khan, and Laura Hopes. And each week we're going to be giving you 10-minute snippets into our world of recruitment, tips and tricks to help you on your journey as an agency recruiter, and hopefully some laughs along the way too. Hope you guys enjoy. Welcome to episode. <laughs> it's such a lame joke. We keep doing it. Again. Welcome to episode. Hello. <laughs> How are you? All right, we're starting with a joke. Oh, I'm putting the time. Uh, yeah, put the time around. Okay, start with the joke. Why did you hire? No. <laughs> you can't even read them out properly. What is the point? Okay, what made the invisible man decline the job offer? God knows. He couldn't see himself doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you finding me? Oh, just a really shit website that gives you recruitment jokes and memes. They're like horrific. Makes me feel so depressed. <laughs> These jokes actually. Oh, not that miserable though. Yeah. Welcome to this week's episode. Yeah, welcome to this week's episode. This week we are talking about what makes a great client. And we've spent a bit of time in previous episodes. You'll never guess which ones. We're not in the same outfits. Um, but we've we've started talking about like obviously with the market softening, we've been talking about you know, bolstering your desk, protecting what you have. And it got Ez and I thinking about, you know, I just think it's very tempting to chase big brands as your key target audience, right? And I think we need to bring it back to the reality of what really constitutes a good client. And I used to work heavily my, for, for a number of years. My whole desk was built up of membership and association clients nonprofit organization and charities, right? Loved recruiting in that space. But on the surface, it's not a sexy industry, right? And sorry if anyone is recruiting in that space, but you know it isn't, it's not sexy. However, they are, there are some amazing businesses within that sector that do some incredible work. Typically, people who work in that sector are um, extremely passionate about what they do. There's always that real connection to industry. So there's a lot to learn because a lot of those organizations are set up to support industry. But what was most important and what really worked for my desk is that those clients were extremely stable. There was healthy growth in that space. It was pretty much recession proof to an extent. And there was a wide variety of work that I could do. And the clients were always really, really open to consultation. And I built from a a desk that you wouldn't consider particularly sexy a very 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 successful recruitment desk and so I think that we've got to get out of this mindset of just like we we just love this kind of sexy brand space at the moment and Mm. and I think we take for granted what actually constitutes Mm. a good client 100% it's funny is that it's going back to one of our other episodes in terms of the customer journey and what constitutes a really good client is based on what part of that journey they're on. 
Are they someone who trust you, that value you, that champion you filling their roles? Do you have, I mean, because overall for me, what constitutes a really good client is a number of things. It's consistency in work that they give you, stability of that business. They're not fluctuating between hiring for a big project, letting go of everyone, hiring, letting go of everyone. It's stability of that business. It's, are they consistently growing? Do they have future plans for growth? And are, are they intelligent plans rather than, oh, yeah, we'll take another three salespeople. Like what's the actual growth in that journey of the business? Do they trust you? Do they call you and ask you for your advice outside of just, hey, do you have anyone? Because if there's no strength in relationship where they actually trust you as an advisor, that relationship is quite fragile. Do you have multiple touch points within that client? Not just that, oh, I've got a really good relationship with HR. Does everyone else or not everyone else, but are there multiple people within that business that know you and your business as their recruitment provider? Multiple touch points. Otherwise, again, that that whole client is at risk. Um, And does the business have values that you align with and actually buy into? Because if you... Because if you don't, it's hard to represent them. Yeah. So it's quite a few things. But if you think about it like that and actually assess your current client base, how many of them, I mean, just the fact, one of the main ones is does that client trust you mm. and see you as more than someone that sends them good candidates? Yeah. Are they are they willing to for this to become a reciprocal relationship? Mm. Because if you're constantly chasing down clients that you want to win but they will never give you that kind of respect and reciprocity. Oh, I think I'm losing it. Like, <laughs> I love that you stopped and kind of paused and looked at me for validation of what you had <laughs> said was a real word. <laughs> I got halfway through the word and I'm like, no, it is. <laughs> but if they're, not, if they're not coming to the table, like, when we when we first opened Lotus, right, we, um, we won a job with, I don't know if I'm saying it, they're not listening to it. We won won a job with Red Bull and we were so excited, right? Like sexy brand, amazing offices, probably one of the first sexy brands that we'd we'd won. And for that period of time, and this is years ago now, so I don't know what they're like to recruit for now, but it was a nightmare and it wasn't worth it. And then we put a candidate in there and the feedback was awful, right? Mm -hmm. At that particular time. So I'm not talking about the business now, but... It just goes to show it's not it's not about how it looks. It should be about how it feels. And one of the things when I'm recruiting for a new client that I'm assessing is their EVP. Like, mm. how are they going to look after the candidates I'm going to place in that business? Because that's my reputation as well. Mm. Candidates' experience is everything because it reflects on me. And mm. so I think it's, yes, can you build a great relationship with that client? And are they really open to your feedback? to working with you, to building a more exclusive relationship? Do they want a recruiter who is essentially a partner? Mm. But equally, is it going to reflect well on you if you place people in that organisation? Because if it's the kind of business that, you know, work their candidates to the bone, there's not a huge amount of respect, uh, there's issues in communication or leadership or whatever, that reflects on your ability to Mm. do your job and the way that you vetted that client. And so, you know, we... it's so much more about the, the feel of the business as opposed to the look of it. Yeah. 100%. Some of my best clients have been some of, on the surface, the most unsexy brands. Mm. 
but candidates love working for them because they've got great values. The EVP is really strong. It's an awesome place to work. The culture is fantastic. They're supportive with their growth and development. And what do we know about candidates at the moment, what they value? They value being a part of a business that can really communicate their mission. They value their own growth and development, especially the next generation coming through. And they value flexibility. You should be vetting all of your clients mm. on those things. Yeah. And it, I just think this job gets so much easier when you actually find loyal clients yeah. and clients yeah. like that. And realistically, it helps you in a whole heap of ways, but also it just future-proofs you. And it sounds like a little humble brag, but Spencer Lane, through the throes of COVID, was still making a lot of money. We were still winning retainers because we had a very, very incredibly loyal client base that was still paying us retainers. It was mad. I didn't know anyone else that was selling retainers, but because we had a small bank of very, very loyal clients, they still bought into us. Mm. Yeah. I actually even had one client that called me at the start of COVID and was like, as I know you've just started your business six months ago. Is there anything we can do to help you? Can we forward pay you for placements? And I was like, that's yeah. absolutely beautiful. <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> Didn't yeah, take him up on his offer. That would be great. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to weather the storm out in Bali. Yeah. Yeah, But no, but like that, that's testament, right? And we talk a lot about becoming brand ambassadors. If you feel like, like your clients becoming brand ambassadors. If you feel like you're constantly peeking through the window, trying to get into like these fancy businesses that, that you know, your dime a dozen, like your time and energy is so much better spent be- building meaningful relationships elsewhere. I really like that you mentioned the sexy business thing because it is often the best clients are the ones that on paper, it's similar to candidates, isn't it? The on paper ones. To be fair, it's usually the left of centre ones for me that are that become the best wild clients. Cards. Yeah, your yeah. little wild cards. <laughs> okay, I reckon okay. we might finish on time this week. Do a quick another joke. Oh God, can quick. we put people through this? Okay, <laughs> what is it like being a recruiter? What's the answer? This website is so shit. Imagine a browser with 3,000 tabs open all the time. <laughs> it's so crap. It's so crap. Oh, <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> bye.